Now, your daily dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day when the entire nation, the entire world, in fact, is watching closely the events in the Middle East. The Israeli incursion into Gaza, the invasion of Gaza, which is due to happen to begin at any moment, uh, could involve as many as 360,000 call-ups, reservists the core of the Israeli army. To put that in perspective, I was speaking earlier today to a uh, former Defense Department official during the Bush administration, and we went to war in Iraq for better and worse, and of course that decision was extremely controversial, and the impact has been extremely controversial. But we went to war against Saddam Hussein, who had the one of the biggest armies in the Middle East. We went to war with 150,000 people. And uh, right now, 360,000 Israeli troops massed at the border. May they uh, be safe and protected uh, because the dangers are very, very real. I've mentioned before, you know, members of um, my family who that are directly involved and in some uh, extremely prominent parts of what is going on. Of course, you don't know the details, where they are. None of that is given out. But uh, I do have a nephew who's a tank commander, and that's uh, going to be some very rough going. Why? Because their goal is not to kill Palestinians. They, in fact, are sending out uh, all kinds of notifications, leaflets and pamphlets and more, urging people to get out of the way, actually letting the Palestinians know uh, what direction they're coming from so that in innocent people can uh, avoid as much as possible being personally harmed. But the goal here is very clear. It is to root out Hamas to get rid of this evil terror organization. In fact, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, who was just uh, harshly criticized by Donald Trump, who was supposed to be an old friend of his. Well, not so much right now. But uh, Netanyahu said in a very fiery televised speech to his country in Hebrew, he said that uh, every member of Hamas is a dead man. And he's not talking about a political party in Israel. He's talking about a terror organization that, yes, beheads babies, that, uh, yes, uh, torments and humiliates hostages who they threaten to uh, execute on TV. Uh, we will see what becomes of that. Here in the United States, there are pockets of support. Thank God it is, does not appear to be common. But uh, this is clip 11. In Dearborn, Michigan, which has one of the largest Arab American uh, percentages of population of any city in the country, there are crowds cheering as a... Um, a, a, a the, it's clip 11. Uh, 
Yeah, she is in Detroit. Uh, Rashida Tlaib represents Detroit. She represents the same district that John Conyers, if you remember him, used to represent since the earth cooled. But it's her district is largely an African-American district, and uh, she managed to win a contested primary, and she's been the congressman from Detroit ever since. Dearborn, which is outside of Detroit, it's uh, ironically where a very prominent anti-Semite named Henry Ford had established his uh, newspaper, which was full of anti-Semitic and pro-Hitler material, until the United States went to war against Hitler, and then Henry Ford recanted much of the anti-Semitic lies that he had been associated with. But speaking of anti-Semitic lies, a speaker in Dearborn, Michigan, uh, was cheered with his proclamation that Hamas is not a terrorist organization. This is clip 11. We are not going to be intimidated by staying silent when they say Hamas is a terrorist organization. The fact it is not a terrorist organization. And we have to say to them the terrorist is Benjamin Netanyahu and his government. Benjamin Netanyahu and his government, but everyone that stands behind them and support him killing people in Palestine. We are not afraid to say it. You know why? Because it is the truth. In Palestine, not only in the last three days, but from 75 years ago. <laughs> it was a little laugh at the end. Uh, what happened 75 years ago? What happened is what Palestinians call the Nakba, which means catastrophe. Uh, it's the birth of the state of Israel, which, by the way, for the entire region, caused increases in population, not emptying people out of their homes. It caused dramatic increases in the Palestinian population and improvements in health, life expectancy, more. Uh, we will get to, to that. By the way, if you agree with that speaker and you think that uh, Hamas is not a terrorist organization, is there such a thing as a terrorist organization then? Uh, Lincoln said, if slavery is not wrong, nothing is wrong. If Hamas isn't a terrorist organization, there is no such thing. Terrorist organizations don't exist. Is that just a fib? Is Al-Qaeda a terrorist organization? Uh, was ISIS a terrorist organization? With their slicing off multiple people's heads on and then televising it, sending it out to the world? Uh, and if Hamas doesn't qualify as a terrorist organization, what does? By the way, anyone wants to attempt to answer those questions who believes that Hamas is not a terror organization, you can give us a call, 1-800-955-1776. Uh, it's, it's really almost too bizarre. President Trump gave a two-hour speech in West Palm Beach, Florida, to one of his adoring rally crowds. And... He chose this moment 
to criticize Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, he said that Benjamin Netanyahu let us down. I believe that at the very heart of his frustration is the fact that Netanyahu never gave Trump a specific endorsement because he knows uh, Israel's security to a great extent depends upon a good relations with both political parties, not just one, with both political parties. Uh, we will talk about that. We will talk with a former assistant secretary of defense for uh, policy, uh, uh, Doug Fife, who has written a piece about the Al-Aqsa lie, which is uh, a lie at the very center of justifications for the murderous attack that occurred last weekend. Uh, we'll be speaking to Doug Fife coming right up. We're also speaking to naval strategic uh, expert Seth Cropsey about why an Israeli victory in this war is critical to U.S. interests. And uh, there are more local issues here that are fascinating. Starbucks has been eliminated, no longer being served on Alaska Airlines, which is like an earthquake in Seattle. I mean, can you imagine? Get up on an Alaska plane and no Starbucks. So what are they offering in exchange instead? You'll be shocked. Uh, we'll talk about that and much, much more coming up on the Medved Show. Um, we have uh, Douglas Feith, who has a, um, a column recently about the great Al-Aqsa uh, the great Al-Aqsa lie that is part of the entire spectrum of what is going on in uh, the Middle East. What is the Al-Aqsa lie? It is a uh, lie that deals with the holy places on the top of the Temple Mount. He writes that Al-Aqsa lie has a long and disgraceful history the pro-Nazi Mufti of Jerusalem first accused the Jews of targeting the Muslim holy site. And that was back in the 1930s. And what's amazing is that Israel has controlled the Temple Mount uh, for the territory of the Temple Mount, even though the religious details of it are administered by the Waqf, which is a Jordanian operation uh, rooted in the uh, Islamic faith. But uh, Israel has controlled the territory around the Temple Mount uh, since 1967. And what you're talking about is more than 50 years, and nothing has been done to damage or to destroy or to desecrate the Al-Aqsa Mosque. We will be getting to that coming up on the Michael Medved Show. One of the things that is something of a, um, a distraction from all of the concerns with the Middle East right now has to do with the confusion about the presidential race. And when I say confusion, is who is running, who is running as an independent, who is running as a Democratic nominee, 
uh, Robert F. Kennedy just made his big announcement of switching from being a candidate for the Democratic nomination to his uh, effort now to run as an independent. There's another candidate who has said he's going to run against Biden. And this is a tough time for any candidate who takes that position, particularly for the founder of the Young Turks. Uh, his name is Senk Uger, and he has said he's now going to run against Biden for president, offering himself as an alternative to an incumbent who he said, Senk Uger, is definitely going to lose if he even makes it to the general election. Uh, Uger had repeatedly urged Biden to quit the race, calling his re-election bid intensely selfish and warning that it made a Trump victory more likely. Uger has a problem, though. He was born in Istanbul. <laughs> so this is, this is no birther problem. There's no secret about where he was born. He was born in Istanbul. And he was not a child of U.S. citizens. He immigrated to the United States from Turkey in 1978. But he believes that the Constitution's requirement that the President of the United States must be a natural-born citizen wouldn't disqualify him from running. Well, why the hell not? Uh, again, it wouldn't disqualify and didn't disqualify Ted Cruz, who was born in Canada, because his mother was a U.S. citizen. It didn't disqualify... Uh, George Romney, Mitt Romney's father, to run for president, who was running in 1968. He was governor of Michigan. Uh, didn't disqualify that, even though he was born in Mexico, because both his mother and father were American citizens. And by the way, it wouldn't have disqualified Barack Obama, even if he had been born in Kenya, which was the stupidity of the entire birther thing, because uh, Barack Obama's mother, Stanley Dunham, was unequivocally born in Wichita, Kansas. She was an American citizen. In any event, uh, good luck to Cenk Uger. I, I, I don't think his campaign is going anywhere. He says that um, the issue would end up in the Supreme Court, he said, and would end up as a slam-dunk victory. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu yesterday gave his fiery speech uh, at a time when a, a, a gigantic uh, amount of force is waiting on the border to come into Gaza, not to kill or harm or destroy Gazans, but to uproot Hamas so the terror organization cannot operate in the future, and certainly not right next door to Israel. Uh, here is uh, what uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, through a translator, uh, said to the people of Israel, clip 16. We are fighting in full force in all theaters. Now we are on the offensive. Every Hamas operative will die. Hamas is ISIS. We will crush them and get rid of them, just as the world crushed and got rid of ISIS. Uh, and that's uh, fairly direct. Uh, they also, a better uh, uh, declaration came from the Secretary of State of the United States, Antony Blinken, and uh, he talked about the need for moral clarity.
This is, this must be a moment for moral clarity. The failure to unambiguously condemn terrorism puts at risk not only people in Israel, but people everywhere. Look at what just happened. Individuals from 36 countries killed or missing in the aftermath of Hamas's attacks. Europe, Asia, Africa, the Americas, no region has escaped Hamas's bloody reach. Anyone who wants peace and justice must condemn Hamas's reign of terror. And uh, then he uh, continued his commentary on Hamas. Uh, listen. We know Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinian people or their legitimate aspirations to live with equal measures of security, freedom, justice, opportunity, and dignity. We know Hamas, instead of promoting the well-being of its citizens, rules repressively and dedicates the resources it has to terror tunnels and rockets. We know Hamas didn't commit its heinous acts with the interests of Palestinian people in mind. We know Hamas does not stand for the future that Palestinians want for themselves and for their children. Hamas has only one agenda, to destroy Israel and to murder Jews. And uh, talking about countering that agenda, we will be speaking to Seth Cropsey, a security expert, on his uh, vision of why Israeli victory is critical to U.S. interests. Coming right up here on The Medved Show. is the president of the Yorktown Institute. He served as a naval officer and as deputy undersecretary of the Navy. He's also the author of the books May Day and Sea Blindness. Uh, he's written a piece in the Wall Street Journal that's uh, extremely important and highly pertinent, especially on the eve of the anticipated Israeli incursion into uh, Gaza itself. The piece is called Israeli Victory is Critical to U.S. Interests. And he writes that uh, the U.S. has a vital interest in Israeli victory, which would clarify that the Jewish state is the Middle East's most powerful military strategic actor. Victory would also give the Arab states an incentive to engage in a legitimate rapprochement with Israel and thereby provide the U.S. through Israel with the foundations for a real Middle Eastern coalition. Seth Cropsey, what about that argument that the concern with Israel right now is a distraction from the real worry of the United States, which is an aggressive and diabolically clever move for the Chinese to take over Taiwan and to become the world's dominant power. Does this distract from that concern? If we're a minor power, it certainly does. Uh, and when you say for a minor power, uh, you're talking about 
China? No, I'm sorry. If we are, if the United States is a minor power, then uh, assisting the Israelis and concentrating on what's going on in the Middle East uh, can be viewed as a distraction from the possibility of an invasion of Taiwan. That is, if we're a minor power, but we're not. And if we want to be a minor power, that would certainly signal it. (laughs) So what's necessary right now for the United States balancing the challenges uh, in Asia, uh, in Taiwan, uh, in Ukraine, and in Israel? What are the challenges for the United States as a major power to maintain a balance with those concerns? Yeah, that's an excellent question, and I think that the answer begins um, with uh, the realization that these things are all connected, and we don't have the luxury of saying of picking and choosing which places we decide to defend our interests, that they're at stake in Europe, with Ukraine, in the Middle East, with Israel, and potentially Um, in the Taiwan Strait or somewhere else in the West Pacific, Indo-Pacific from China. And and, and once that's grasped, then it's easier to understand why we need a larger defense budget, for example, and why we're not, we cannot allow ourselves to decide, well, we're going to defend one place and honor our commitments in one place, but we'll let the other place or places alone. That's the route to to being a minor power. You uh, talk in your piece about uh, the result of uh, an Israeli defeat in the upcoming. Would describe what what would a Israeli defeat look like? Well, uh, if there if the uh, if the Ground movement, wherever it's directed, whether to um, to Gaza or toward the larger danger, which is Iran and Hezbollah over the Lebanese border, or some combination of those plus an intifada at the same time, another intifada, um, if the Israelis were to lose and be perceived as losing in any case, they would be weakened. And if, they're, if they lose decisively, uh, the state's existence could be at risk. And uh, that's a disaster for the United States. I mean, it's a moral disaster when you imagine the consequences. You see what happened in uh, the south of Israel with the Hamas attack. Uh, obviously, imagining that on a larger scale is nightmarish. But why would this be, uh, as a major power, a direct concern to the United States? Because we would be completely out of the Middle East. Our presence there would mean nothing. Um, the fact that we had sent at least two aircraft carrier strike groups um, and that they failed to have any effect on the outcome would show our weakness. Um, and our ability to uh, persuade allies to stay with us um, would be over. What, uh, what world, do you see? Just in the Middle East. 
What do you see as the main purpose of the battle groups uh, built around the uh, aircraft carrier, the Gerald Ford and the aircraft carrier Dwight Eisenhower? They're both now in the Eastern Mediterranean. Why? Well, the Eisenhower is en route, but yes. Um, The main purpose is to deter um, another power, in this case Iran, from uh, from an attack on Israel, either directly or indirectly. And And, uh, Russia, although I think the chances of that are lower. uh, Looking to the days ahead, how... How long do you believe that the immediate uh, prospect of war with the uh, Israeli ground troops going into uh, Gaza, how long do you expect that to last? Um, Whatever happens here is unlikely to uh, reproduce Israel's military victories of, you know, the past 50 years. I do not expect this is something that will be over in a week or two weeks. Um, The Gaza operation, if Israel decides to undertake that first um, and is not troubled in uh, in carrying it out and executing it, um, is extraordinarily difficult. Urban urban warfare, urban guerrilla warfare, going house to house and... and, uh, uh, engaging the combatants there is not something that you do in a day or two or a week. So I, I, you know, if this lasts for less than two weeks, I'll, fewer than two weeks, two or three weeks, I'll be surprised. Do you anticipate any circumstances uh, in the Middle East, even with an expansion of the war to Hezbollah, which is to the north, uh, of getting the United States forces directly involved? Well, the one thing I think is the least likely uh, outcome here is that Israel will ask the United States for direct military assistance. That would be unprecedented. Um, Israel is like no other ally or partner of the United States in that they have always carried out the, their defense by themselves. We've assisted with equipment, with advisors, uh, with hardware, with financial assistance, and so on, but we have not, our troops have not been engaged in any of the wars for Israel's survival. So it would be unprecedented. And that was acknowledged uh, today by uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Uh, he uh, mentioned to the Israelis, speaking to them, you may be strong enough on your own to defend yourself, but as long as America exists, you will never ever have to. And what else did he have to say? And uh, what about the presidential race and sniping between Trump and DeSantis on the issue of the Middle East? We'll get to that and more coming up on the Medved Show. For special discounts on history shows, check out medvidhistorystore.com.
Sign up today for the free Medved newsletter with new columns, commentaries, and movie reviews. Go to michaelmedved.com. And that is entirely free. And uh, we actually, in addition to everything else, uh, we uh, are going to be reviewing two movies, both, both of which are rather remarkable and worth seeing. Uh, that's, that's a switch. It's uh, unusual for Hollywood. It's uh, uh, part of the change of season. We're moving from summer to fall. Uh, we will uh, check that out in our newsletter. Uh, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, who, like many in the Biden administration, seems to have risen to the occasion. I, I'm not now talking about the uh, now famous or infamous footage of him playing a guitar and singing. He's not a bad musician, actually. But I'm talking about the clarity with which he has uh, assured people in Israel where he just visited and uh, here in the United States where in enunciating U.S. policy and commitments. This was Secretary Blinken uh, from Israel. Uh, listen. The message that I bring to Israel is this. You may be strong enough on your own to defend yourself, but as long as America exists, you will never ever have to. We will always be there by your side. And when you talk about as long as America exists, this is uh, one of those things that I write about in my book, God's Hand on America, is going all the way back to before the revolution, before there was an independent America, uh, people in uh, New England and Virginia and uh, all over the colonies believed that part of the reason that uh, America had been made to flourish was to fulfill biblical prophecies of helping the Jewish people who were widely dispersed and widely oppressed in the 1700s and 1800s, certainly, helping those people return and to reestablish a new state of Israel. Uh, that's one of the reasons there has been such a special relationship between the United States and Israel and the Jewish people, frankly, that uh, goes back uh, to George Washington's letters. And it wasn't just there's a famous letter he wrote to the Newport Jewish congregation, Newport, Rhode Island, but he also wrote one to a Savannah Jewish congregation and to congregations all over this country. Uh, Lindsey Graham was... Um, outspoken as he usually is he was speaking on Fox News about the war that is about to expand uh, listen this is clip 17 the Germans believed that the Jews were inferior people and their goal in the final solution was to eradicate the Jewish people well Iran Hamas believes that the Jewish people should die as a result of religious teachings we're in a religious yeah. war here. I am with Israel. Do whatever the hell you have to do to defend yourself. Level the place. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that's a, a war game. What is a war game is to level the threat from Hamas. Um, there is more because of President Trump um, making a strangely timed speech in West Palm Beach, Florida, where he actually 
thought this was a good occasion, this is clip eight, to praise Hezbollah, not Hamas, but Hezbollah, another terrorist group sponsored by Iran. Clip eight. All of Biden's security people, can you imagine national defense people? And they said, gee, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack from the north because that's the most vulnerable spot. I said, wait a minute. You know, Hezbollah is very smart. They're all very smart. The press doesn't like when they say it. You know, I said that President Xi of China, 1.4 billion people, he controls it with an iron fist. I said, he's a very smart man. They killed me the next day. I said he was smart. What am I going to say? But Hezbollah, they're very smart. And they have a national defense minister or somebody saying, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack us from the north. So the following morning, they attacked. They might not have been doing it, but if you listen to this jerk, you would attack from the north because he said that's our weak spot. Okay, and then he spoke about why Netanyahu let us down, and this is part of what provoked a, an angry response from Ron DeSantis. This is President Trump, clip five. But I'll never forget, I'll never forget that Bibi Netanyahu let us down. That was a very terrible thing, I will say that. And uh, so when I see uh, sometimes uh, the intelligence, you talk about the intelligence or you talk about some of the things that went wrong over the last week, uh, they've got to straighten it out because they're fighting potentially a very big force. They're fighting potentially Iran. And when they have people saying the wrong things, everything they say is being digested by these people because they're vicious and they're smart. And boy, are they vicious because nobody's ever seen the kind of sight that we've seen. Nobody's ever seen it. But they cannot play games. So we were disappointed by that, very disappointed. But we did the job ourselves, and it was absolute precision, magnificent, beautiful job. And then uh, Bibi tried to take credit for it. That wasn't good. That didn't make me feel too good, but that's all right. Okay, uh, Ron DeSantis said regarding these remarks by President Trump, terrorists have murdered at least 1,200 Israelis and 22 Americans and are holding more hostages. So it is absurd that anyone, much less someone running for president, would choose now to attack our friend and ally Israel, much less praise Hezbollah terrorists as very smart. As President says, Ron DeSantis, I will stand with Israel and treat terrorists like the scum that they are. Uh, and uh, there was this because there should be, obviously, in a healthy country, at least some instinct at a time of worldwide crisis and when confronting this sheer unspeakable evil represented by Hamas of rallying around the flag. But President Trump decided to make fun of Biden and made another allegation about his alleged drug addiction. This is clip seven. Did you see the other day? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know what happens after about 20 minutes, the stuff that he's taking wears off. So it gets really big. Gets a little groggy. Gets a little bit groggy. They say, get him off the stage. That swearing off, man. Get him off. No, no, no. And I'm sure that the cocaine that they found in the White House that nobody, for, I, I'm sure, I feel certain it had nothing to do with Hunter and Joe, by the way. Here, Dad, have a little of this stuff. It's going to liven you up a little bit. 
the uh, there's a piece which is a very good piece which uh, looks at the actuarial tables. We will get to this in a way that I hadn't before, measuring how much more time uh, Joe Biden is uh, set to have based upon his background, what we know about him, what we know about his health. How many more years should he live in good health without major interruption? And what about for Trump, who is 77 years old? How many more years is it there? Well, uh, this spoiler alert, the reassuring data is that based upon uh, the fact that both men don't smoke, that both men don't drink, they're both teetotalers, uh, there's at least a claim now, a medical claim, that they each should have at least 10 more years of life and health. Uh, what is that based on exactly? We will get to that on the Michael Medved Show. We'll also talk to former Deputy Secretary of Defense Doug Fife about uh, the Al-Aqsa lie, which is part of what motivated the horrors that we just witnessed. And uh, there are four European Union member states, uh, Austria, Germany, Denmark, and Sweden, that have made a very important announcement that hasn't gotten quite as much attention as it deserves. And then there are uh, other cities in the United States. There's one city that became the first to uh, fly a, an Israeli flag temporarily over the state capitol building. Uh, where? We will tell you about that and more coming up. Uh, also the argument that this isn't Israel's 9-11. Actually, it's Israel's Dunkirk. What does that mean? We will get to that as well. Coming up in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth. For special discounts on history shows, check out MedvidHistoryStore.com.